Hello, my fellow Extraordinary Americans. My name is Cosmos Dar, and this is Extraordinary America. What is Extraordinary America? Well, you see, America has always been about freedom, opportunity, and the pursuit of happiness. However, most Americans are not free when it comes to the financial front. Most Americans are suffering from financial slavery due to loss of jobs, stagnant wages, inflation, and debt. Wealth and income inequality is the norm now, and the middle class has all but disappeared. So Extraordinary America is about the abolition of financial slavery. It is about the financial freedom of the 99%. It is about the nation of immigrants and the descendant of immigrants restoring the extraordinary within themselves and setting themselves free. The path to financial freedom is through financialist education. It is through becoming entrepreneurs and investors on the light side. In this podcast, I interview fellow Americans who fought against the odds. Many of them came from humble beginnings to see how they did it. It is my hope through these interviews that the extraordinary within you shall awaken and that you will abolish financial slavery from your life and realize the American dream. Once again, welcome to Extraordinary America. Welcome back to the show, my fellow Story Americans. For today's guest, we have Bobby Dunway. Bobby Dunway is the young and brilliant entrepreneurial publisher and CEO of Indigo River Publishing. After starting in the production department, he climbed to the ranks, eventually stepping into the role of publisher and CEO. Under his direction, Indigo evolved from a hybrid publisher to a modern cooperative publisher in which authors are seen as partners in the editing, production, marketing, and sales of their books. Bobby was also responsible for overseeing the partnership with Simone and Schuster for distribution and sales. Indigo River Publishing has grown year after year and continues to publish books across all genres and for all age groups, including A Little Me by TLC star Amy Roloff, Who's in Your Room by BNI founder Ivan Messner, and the new release, The Winning Playbook by former NFL player Jonathan Scott. Indigo River Publishing has worked with authors that have been featured nationally, including on the Boston Globe, Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur Magazine, Good Morning America, NBC News, Yahoo, and Fox News Channel. Bobby is deeply committed to expanding readership, empowering individuals, and sharing their stories and wisdom and growing Indigo River Publishing. He is truly an extraordinary American, and that is why I have him on this show. Bobby, are you there? I'm here, Cosmos. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, uh, it is an honor to have you as a guest for the show, Bobby. Uh, thank you for thank you for being uh, for uh, willing to be interviewed. Yeah, of course. I know we've been uh, talking back and forth for a little bit. I'm glad we we're able to get on and and talk. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, Bobby, uh, I know that you're a publisher, you're a CEO, and you're an entrepreneur. Can you tell us and the audience a little bit more about your background and uh, how you got started? Yeah, it's an interesting story. Um, you know, I went to high school, went to college, the four-year degree in business marketing, just like everyone tells you you're supposed to do. Um, but then I graduated and I didn't have any life experience in business. I wasn't really sure, you know, should I move back to my hometown and just try to find a job there? Should I move somewhere elaborate for a year or two just to just to do it and say I did it and then figure out life after that? So I ended up moving to a small town, smallish town, Pensacola, Florida, um, 
I had a few friends here. I decided, you know what? I'm going to move to the beach for a year. If it doesn't work out, I'll move back home. I'm from Nashville. I love um, it. Figure it out there. You know, I was 22 at the time, and um, you know, I figured I would just try it out. And as soon as I moved here, within probably a week, I saw an ad. It was a marketing assistant ad, I believe, for a publisher. But it really didn't say much about it. I never knew I wanted to work in publishing, but you know, my degrees in marketing. So I figured, you know, what the heck, I can try it. Um, so I came in, I applied, came in. Um, I see a gentleman leave as I'm walking in. I'm like, okay, maybe he interviewed for it too. And I sat down with one of the founders and he, we talked for a minute and he's like, you know, honestly, the job that you came in here for, we actually just gave it away to the guy that just left. So I kind of sat there for a second. I'm like, okay, well, thank you for seeing me, but he wouldn't let me leave. You know, we connected really well and, you know, we ended up talking and I ended up starting working as his assistant. Um, he was an entrepreneur, so he owned several businesses in the area. Um, so Indigo, of course, was one of those. So I helped with Indigo and a few other companies, but I kept coming back to Indigo. It was just an interesting business and the type people you get to meet are just some of the most extraordinary people you will you know, you'll find. So I kept coming back to it, started to work more full time in the, you know, the uh, production department. And I started taking on more manager roles and, you know, under um, the founder, he was also my mentor. I learned a lot about business under him. And um, over the years, we I took on more and more responsibilities. And eventually the conversation came up where, you know, he has, you know, hands in a lot of different things. And um, one of them being Indigo, he wanted me to, you know, take a small piece of, you know, earn my dues after a few years. So, of course, I accepted that and and kept growing with the company. And eventually the deal was that he would turn over the keys, so to speak, uh, to the company because, you know, it's something about legacy for him of, you know, he wants it to be in the hands of someone that he knows and trusts. And um, so that's how I became, you know co-partner um, with my other partner here, Georgette. Um, we both took over. And since then, we've seen amazing growth and partnered with Simon & Schuster and uh, a lot of other things. So starting from a assistant role intern, you know, seven and a half years later, CEO of a, of a successful book publishing company, it's kind of an interesting journey. And, you know, I think back to it, you know, if I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go back home after school and not move down here. If I didn't take that chance, uh, who knows where I'd be right now. So interesting background, but um, yeah, I'm glad I made the moves I did and followed my instincts and got me to where I'm at. Bobby, what is really interesting about this story of yours is that you were only 22 when you uh, started on this path and uh, like you're still in your 20s and you're like a really successful business person at this point. And a lot of people, uh, I feel like a lot of people like in their 20s, they just waste away their 20s or mm. their late teens or when they could be learning about business and education and uh, trying to start a business or just gathering knowledge about it. Like they just, they, they seem like they're finding themselves. So what is your advice for people that would want to start this, uh, like a business in their 20s, but they don't know how to go about it? Uh, I would say the first thing is just research, you know, I, the biggest thing, you know, all of the, you know, one of my mentors told me is, you know, the one percenters of all the fields out there, they're putting out podcasts, they're putting out books, 
you know, they're putting out seminars about what they're doing, how they're doing it, you know, find the niche, find the field that you're interested in and just start there. You know, it's not going to hurt to spend $20 on a book or an audio book or, you know, following those people, I think is probably your biggest, um, at least starting point to see what they're doing. Cause you may start reading it and find out it's nothing you want to do. And, you know, you saved a bunch of time versus, you know, if you look at something, go to a seminar and you just fall in love and you kind of take it from there. But I think the biggest thing is just do some research, see what the the top of each field, what they're doing, you know, within the field that you want to be in and just kind of start your journey there. So, um, you know, you know, Bobby, I totally agree with you, but you see like a lot of people uh, in their early 20s, uh, they are too busy watching Netflix. Like I was like discussing this with, an uh, with like a fellow entrepreneur on my show like the other week, right? Like they're, mm -hmm. they're just wasting their time watching shows. Like they, well, all you're talking about is research, doing education, like focusing on education. Like that's what we have to do in order to succeed yeah. business and in finances altogether, right? Like the early 20s is the time to do it, but it feels like most people, like they waste their 20s, like binge watching shows or do, doing activities that feel good, but ultimately they do not contribute to their self-improvement altogether you know i think the big thing with that too is you know when you're 20s uh just i'm 29 i'll be 30 in a few weeks actually um but i think most 20 year olds including you know a lot of my friends that i had they they have so much time in their minds like um 20s you're supposed to live life and kind of do kind of like what i said earlier you know when i moved to pensacola that was in my mind of you know i'm just going to move there for a year if it doesn't work out i'll move back and figure it out later you know um, thankfully, I came into contact with successful people that kind of took me in and mentored me and showed me like, no, take advantage of your youth and your time now so you can, you know, live the life you want to live later. So, you know, um, it's, inter it's interesting, Bobby, like one of the common themes that we always get like regarding success is like you are the you are like the five people you hang out with the most. So like I'm noticing like that pattern is that you hung out with successful people at an early age and then that contributed to your thoughts and actions which led you to where you are today but yeah with, but more to that uh what uh, you know like a lot of like people in their early 20s like they need a vision or a goal uh when it comes to like strategizing success like what was your goal and vision your strategic goal and vision when it came to uh your career altogether over the period of six, uh, six seven years yeah i mean you know i started off a little backstory on you know where I grew up. I grew up in a, a pretty big family. Um, my grandpa was an entrepreneur. He owned his company. My dad owned his own company. A few of my aunts and uncles, they owned there. So I think entrepreneurship was, I understood it. Like I knew that I didn't necessarily want to be in a nine to five, work for someone else for my entire life. You know, I wanted to have some control, but I didn't really know what that meant at the time. Um, so I think when I moved here, I started talking to these other entrepreneurs and business people. It just clicked for me. Um, I think it's being an entrepreneur is definitely a uh, it's a different lifestyle. You know, you have to find your mentors. You have to read. You have to absorb information. You have to go against the grain a lot of times. So, um, yeah, I think for me, I had the entrepreneur seed in my mind. So that kind of helped me grasp it. But, you know, if you're from a family that works in, you know, those specialized fields or the nine to fives and you didn't, you just don't know what entrepreneurship is. But, you know, I think even then just get out there, like I said before, 
see what the other people are doing. You know, you have passions, kind of explore those, see if, you know, those passions can help, um, you know, pave the way for a possible career for you. Speaking of passions, a lot of people are, a, a lot of people like need a driving motivating factor, like which will push them to continue doing business, even when there's like highs and lows. And you and I yeah. both know that there's all these highs and lows in business. So what was the driving motivating factor that pushed you to succeed in business, even if like things would go hard? Yes. I mean, I, I would assume there's a few things, you know, of course, having financial stability, that's a small piece and, you know, making sure I'm comfortable and living a life that I want to live and growing to where I want to be. But I'd say the biggest thing is, you know, my family. I want to make sure that I'm positioning myself to if something happens or if just eventually like, you know, my parents or anything like that, if they need help or if, you know, um, I just want to be able to take care of those around me. I think that's my biggest why, so to speak, of, um, you know, I'm young now and I can put in the efforts and if I can help those around me, that's great. And hopefully, you know, long term, I can help people that I don't know, you know, outside of my inner circles and kind of nationwide and beyond. So I think that's a big piece because you're right, it does get hard sometimes, you know, you may have um, a stressful situation or different things that, you know, um, just everybody goes through. But if you kind of focus on that, why, at least for me, I think that that helps motivate me, you know, going forward and, and keep going. And then I see the positive results of it, of, of you know, pushing through the, the resistance um, and then you get rewarded at the end. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's like a common theme I noticed with all entrepreneurs, like there's always going to be resistance. It's just that like the uh, people with an entrepreneurial bug, like they have a different mindset when it comes to resistance. They see it, uh, they see it a, almost like a challenge that they need to overcome. Whereas other people, they let that bog them down. But it's it's that it's that why that normally pushes them. So yeah. Uh, but Bobby, what was the biggest lesson you learned in uh, when it came to your career in the publishing industry? Uh, the biggest lesson, probably there's a thousand lessons I've learned, but um, I think, you know, one of the big things is just being patient. Um, you know, my role now, I not only have to deal with just my team and working with them, making sure I'm patient with them to you know, whether let's say a system broke, we have to figure out what went wrong or just the day to days of helping them get things checked off their list. Um, you know, being patient with them is good, but also with, you know, clients and, you know, the organizations or outlets we work with, you know, a lot of times, you know, you'll talk with a company, but you have to go through, you know, five different people before you get to the person you need to talk to. And um, I'm sure a lot of industries are the same, but especially publishing, it can be you know, a lot of back and forth and can get irritating, but you just got to be patient and kind of push through it, like we said before, and, and you'll get the results you need. But um, like I said, there's probably a thousand different things, but I'd say patience and um, hard work. It's definitely good. So can you tell the audience a little bit more about what the publishing industry is like? Like, what are the companies? Yeah. Is it like a doggy dog world in the publishing <laughs> industry or is it more of like a, a cooperative type of industry? Yeah, I mean, I think in some cases, any industry, but publishing, there's, you know, a lot of uh, could be friction, dog eat dog kind of thing. But 
honestly, I, I have not experienced too much hostility. You know, I think it's such a niche industry. You know, there's different sectors. You have the straight traditional publishers. Those are mainly the top five, Random House, um, Penguin, Simon Schuster, and the others. And then you have, you know, self-publishers, which really just help get the book together. And then the author kind of does their own thing with it. Um, and then Indigo itself, we're hybrid. So we were selected with who we take on. Um, out of two, three hundred manuscripts we see, we may only take two or three of them, um, you know, which I can go into later. But yeah, I think the biggest um, biggest thing for the industry is, um, you know, I think we are cooperative and collaborative with our authors. I think that's one thing that's kind of sets us apart from other publishers that are maybe more traditional is um, we're mid-sized. So we're able to have that really close one-on-one relationship with our authors. You know, we don't have thousands and thousands, which I know a lot of the larger publishers, you know, if you're not in the top 5% of their catalog, you may get, you know, left behind a little bit once your book comes out. So I'd say that's that's one thing that helps us stand out is we're really collaborative. We're always open to talking with our authors and strategizing different ways to to get their books out and um you know we enjoy it we love our authors and i think that's a big thing too is you gotta love what you do and we really do and i have a great team here that that loves working with authors and loves really getting words on a page and and putting it out to the world so 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 bobby let's say that there's somebody in their early 20s they just got out of uh, university or college and they want to become an entrepreneur in the publishing industry and they want to huh. they want to start up but they don't know what to do, where to go about it. They don't know anything about the industry. What advice would you give this person? How would you mentor this person regarding uh, their next steps altogether? Yeah, I think one of the best things you can do is intern. You know, maybe you can get a starting level position at a publisher that you want to work at, but even like offer your time for free to say, I'll work 10 hours a week just to see what you do. I'll help as much as I can and just absorb hopefully leading to a job in the future. We've done that several times here just since I've been here, um, you know, offering internships because that's how I got started in it. You know, I kind of worked in several different companies and I kept coming back to, you know, Indigo and publishing. It was just so interesting to me. And um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is just try to get in the door, whether it's, you know, starting level position, maybe it's not exactly what you want to do, but you can learn while you're there and move your way up that way or just intern. Try to sit sit at the table, so to speak, with the the head honchos of the, the company as best you can and talk to those above you and get their experience and kind of learn what, what they do every day. And you may go in and find that maybe it's not for you. and Or maybe you find that, you know, publishing I like, but editing is really interesting. And then you kind of pivot a little bit to that. So, yeah, I'd say just offer your time, even if it's a few hours a week, you know, if there's no positions open and just get your foot in the door and, and just start absorbing. So this is one of the things I, uh, I agree with the part about mentorship and like being like an apprentice or being an intern. Cause you know, like one of the teams is obviously you have to be with successful people and having a mentor that can show you early on. Like, I don't think it's uh, appreciated how important it is to have the right mentors in our lives who can actually show us the ropes. In, yeah. in the field that we're interested in. So yeah, I, I do agree with you. Like we have to not only like have people that uh, are in our environment that are successful in the field, but also somebody we can have as a mentor. 
So I think being an intern, like you're basically gaining that. So yeah. that that's there. So mm -hmm. Bobby, what was the biggest challenge you had during your time in the publishing business and how did you overcome it? Um, well, recently at least, um, you know, before I think it was 2020, beginning of 2020, we signed the deal with Simon and Schuster. Essentially, they became our distributor, so our books could be pushed through, you know, their system. So their book buyers were, you know, even further pushing our books to um, or their salespeople pushing the books to book buyers. I would say it's kind of twofold. One was, you know, 2020, everybody's been through it, kind of affected everybody a little bit differently, but we didn't know what was going to happen. We had to close our offices and work remote for a few months, um, like a lot of companies did. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway from that is learning how to pivot because as an entrepreneur, you know, you have to learn, like the world's going to change no matter what you do, no matter what industry you're in. Um, I'd say the biggest lesson I took from that is, you know, we could, you know, stop operations, close for a few months, lay off everyone, you know, and then just kind of wait it out and see. But instead, we took the other approaches, you know, we're working from home, but we're going to let's take this time when things are calmer outside to, you know, let's look at our structure. What can we restructure? Are there different, you know, aspects of publishing that we want to get into, but we just haven't had time to. And it really was a blessing in disguise because we just signed with Simon, which is a whole different type of way to publish a book. So we, you know, put our, put our nose down and just learned everything there was about how to work with them, you know, how we can talk to new authors about this new opportunity for them. And, um, it was a challenge, but it turned into a very big opportunity for us. So it was a, it was a good Bobby, pivot. Bobby, that is, that is, that is awesome because like, it's, it's almost like the choice, the fork in the road, what you mentioned, yeah. right? It's like what the 99% usually do. And then what the 1% usually do, like, that's the difference The like, you know, most people, they would let the environment get the better than like 2020 was a huge calamitous year, you know, like everybody was depressed, like all, everything was closed. All you had to do was turn the towel and just give up hope. But in your case, what you did was you decided to just have a change in mindset. Like you thought differently and that's what, that's what led you to push, uh, keep pushing forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, uh, I mean, I would tell my audience that it's all about mindset. Like your environment might be really hard, but uh, if you have the right mindset and you see things in a certain way, you can ultimately push forward. And that's what we need to do uh, as, as entrepreneurs all together. Mm -hmm. But on a different note, Bobby, America is the land of the free and the place where dreams are made, or at least that's what people say. Do you agree or disagree with that? And, uh, and why? I, I think it goes back to what you said. It's what you make of it. You know, you could, you know, take advantage of the opportunities here and the freedoms that you have, but then still miss out because you have a nine to five job and you put all your energy on that. So by the time you get home, you binge on Netflix, you play video games, you kind of just zone out because the day ground you up so badly that you needed that time at night to reset. But then you go back and before you know it, 20, 30, 40 years go by you know, and you kind of missed, missed the opportunity. But I think the great thing about America is you can start from negatives, you know, negative net worth and become a billionaire or more because the opportunities here is just how you, 
how you view it, how you, what your mindset is, you know, what your drive is and when things get hard, what's your why, what's going to push you forward. And, you know, I think a lot of people have that. They just need to tap into it. Um, but yeah, that's it. No, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's basically about, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an environment, but ultimately it's up to us to, it's up to us to push forward. There have yep. been people that have come from nothing. Like, in fact, Extraordinary America is about showcasing people that came from nothing in order to become like really successful, you know, like they've become millionaires, multimillionaires. Like mm -hmm. I know, I know you've achieved a lot of success yourself and like you, you came from relatively humble beginnings. Right. And mm -hmm. what differentiated you and the others from like, from like the, from like the, for most people, it was the way you thought and acted, right? Like you guys had a certain type of way of thinking and that's what you guys took advantage of the opportunities and that's what led you all to success. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So Bobby, you know, like there, well, people have different ideas of the American dream, right? Like what do you, but a lot of people feel like it's really hard to achieve the American dream in today's world. Like, what do you think is like the biggest hurdle that people have to achieving the American dream and how would they overcome it from your perspective? Uh, I think it's just what you absorb and the people in the room you're with, because 90% of people, if you follow them, they're the, the survive mindset of you got to go to work every day. You need to make sure there's enough money in the bank to cover you for retirement. Um, but then you have the other, you know, 10% that they think differently entrepreneurs and business people, you know, they're thrive. You like, what's the next move that can get me, you know, higher than where I am in a positive way. Um, I'd say that's probably the biggest thing is you just have to surround yourself with, you know, the people that you want to be like and beyond, because if you look at your top five list right now. You know, that'll kind of tell you where, where your mindset is. And the easiest thing to do is just start getting in those circles, being the dumbest one in the room, you know, where you just feel like if you speak, you're going to say something crazy because everyone's so smart and big um, in the room. But that's where you need to put yourself, be a little bit uncomfortable and absorb everything. And eventually you'll be the one contributing in those rooms. So, See, Bobby, I find that really interesting because our mm -hmm. society uh, has become deeply narcissistic and self-centered and very egoistic. In fact, the entire celebrity culture that we have right now is all about like egoism and all together. So I, I understand what you're saying because you need to learn, you need to gain all the knowledge. Like that's how you truly become better and you become really good at what you do. But, but being the dumbest in the room, like that's kind of like, it's kind of, it kind of hits at a lot of people's self-worth. Like they don't, they don't want to be the dumbest in the room. They want to be yeah. the smartest in the room. Cause that's, that's what feeds into the ego. They'll, that's what will make them feel better about themselves. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's concept and it's uncomfortable, but that's what it's going to take. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of humility, right? To like accept that, Hey, I don't, I don't know what I don't know. I need to learn from people that are, that are better at me in this field that I want to learn. But yeah, it's easier said than done though. A lot of people, like they won't be able to do that. Yeah. 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 So Bobby, you know, uh, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of inflation in this current year. And then a lot of people are struggling with debt. Like as an entrepreneur, what is your perspective on inflation and debt that's happening in the country and in people's lives altogether? Yeah. I mean, you, I think you just have to look at, you know, you have a, 
the good debts and the bad debts, which, you know, I think schooling, you don't really learn that. You got a real life experience, be around those that have done it. You know, you have your your assets in your life, like um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, that book explains it very well. You know, you have your assets and then you have your liabilities. Your liability is I'm going to buy a house and live in it for 30 years. You think it's an asset, but it's really a liability because there's no guarantee your price is going to go up and get your money back on it. Um, but an asset, you buy a house and rent it out so it makes money for you instead of taking money away from you. Um, so I think, I mean, you know, inflation, it is what it is, kind of one of those external factors, but people are thriving right now. People are making millions because they pivoted, you know, and that's the biggest thing is you have to be be able to move and, and adjust what you're doing to the times out there. But, you know, successful entrepreneurs, they know how to they know how to thrive and no matter what situation. So, so like right now, you know, a lot of people, they're going to colleges and they're racking up the, uh, like these huge amounts of student debt with, uh, but like with degrees that are not actually helping them become financially free. Like what is, what, what would be your advice to people that are like looking to go into like a four year college, this thing to get a degree that, uh, will ultimately not, uh, not help them like succeed financially because they're racking up like, some people get a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Like or more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna tell anyone not to go to college. I went to college. I think it was, if anything, it bought me time to to kind of grow up and mature from when I was 18 and started to 21, 22. But I think during that time you could be very like study, do your work, but also take that time and like I said before, mentor under like you, you have passions, you kind of know what you want to do, even if like me, it's like, I know I want to, you know, own my own company at one point, I just don't know, just try it out. You're young, you have plenty of time on your hands, but don't waste it and don't, you know, get through school and then go to a job because you have to pay the bills and then, you know, you're not excited about it. And then you get sucked into the grind of nine to five every day and don't have energy to explore your passions and, and how to to get into the career that you really want to. So I think just start early, as early as you can, and just see what's out there, intern, study, be around, you know, those that you think are, you know, successful or, or beyond that. And, um, you know, just just try to absorb and, and make moves. Don't be, un, don't be afraid to be uncomfortable to, you know, try to intern somewhere, try to reach out to, you know, a successful person and just, try to get, take them to lunch, you know, a lot of people, um, I feel like a lot of successful entrepreneurs, if a young, you know, person came in the office and offered to buy him lunch just to talk to him, I think 90% would probably do it or at least schedule for another time. I think because nobody does that anymore. They send in a resume digital, you know, and then they just email back and forth. Nobody comes in person anymore. And in fact, I had two people that did that they came in the office wanted to shake my hand you know tell me about what they're doing and those people are still with me today above all the other people that just sent in a, a resume you know so what so what was the difference in that uh they asked you to like lunch and like shake your hand versus like sending a resume if you could tell the audience like what is the difference like if from your perspective between the two approaches i think for me i know that it was uncomfortable for them to come in person, you know, you don't know who you're going to meet or, you know, who you're going to ask to go to lunch or 
you know, just sit and talk with. But, you know, the biggest thing, like we've been talking about, you know, being an entrepreneur, it can be uncomfortable at times, but your why pushes you through it. So the fact that they can come in person, which nobody does, and, you know, knowing they're uncomfortable, but they did it anyway because they're passionate and they want to learn and grow. I mean, that says it all. I don't even need to see your resume at that point, you know? Yeah, interesting. Like, yeah. Uh, and there's like there's like arguments on both uh, sides, like regarding like whether one should go to college, like from an entrepreneurial perspective. Like, uh, uh, like some believe that it's an important place to like find yourself, know who you are, and uh, basically grow as a person. Like, that's when you find out more about your identity. But then there's like the other side of like people who are really successful entrepreneurs who are like, man, I like college is a waste of time. Like, it's just like useless degrees. Instead, mm -hmm. learn, uh, be like an apprentice or an intern and learn the crack and master it. Because at the end of the day, the bottom line is you're trying to make money. You're trying to be financially free. You're going to college to ultimately get a job to make money. And yeah. And so unless you're trying to do a STEM field with like science, technology, mathematics and all of that, like, yeah. in, in, like to a lot of entrepreneurs, they would find it pointless. But yeah, yeah that's something that I noticed during like discussions and all of that. Yeah, you, you have the back and forth. And, you know, if you want to go to college as a safety net, so to speak, okay. But you can still use that time to look at the other side, find mentors, intern, figure out what you want to do. Because it's easy to, you know, I was in school, it was hard. Um, and I mean, it took that, a that, that, that's why I'm that's why I'm bringing it up because, like, not only did you do college, but at you, but at a relatively young age, you found mentors and you found the right yeah. circles, and you became mm -hmm. successful in your twenties. It's believe it or not, Bobby, it's really hard to for uh, most people to succeed in their twenties, like let alone the thirties. Like to achieve a level of success in the twenties, like you have to be in the right fields and all of that. And then you did college and like you finished like a couple years, and then you found the right circle. So you had like the full breadth of experience so oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah like that's like the ultimate thing right like you found you had a like you, like most people do one or the other right like from an entrepreneurial business perspective but like you had the thing of like seeing it from both sides so it's pretty interesting yeah definitely mm -hmm. yeah so uh bobby can you tell uh myself and the audience a little bit more about indigo river publishing and like the uh, premise of how it got started and just like the yeah. overall journey and books that you that you publish in general. Yeah. You know, Indigo was started um, about 10 years ago. We just hit our 10 year anniversary this year. Um, you know, we publish all genres, uh, cookbooks, children's, nonfiction, fiction, in the nonfiction lane, business, self-help. Um, I'd say 70% of the authors we end up publishing are in that nonfiction, self-help business lane. Just because that's, you know, we're entrepreneurs, we get it. So we, we connect really well with those, those type authors, but we do publish all and we, you know, we love our children's books and, you know, our, our motto here is, you know, take on oh. books that are words worth reading, you know, what's going to have a lasting impact on that. Even a cookbook, you know, it's going to make an impact on somebody if you do it the right way and, and you promote certain things that, you know, are not just a fad or going to. You know, there's a quick fad right now, but, you know, maybe in a year or two, nobody even knows what it is anymore. So we try to put out books that are, you know, they're going to have a lasting impact. And, you know, I think that's done really well for us and our authors. So, 
yeah, I'm sure that myself and my audience would all be more uh, biased towards like the business self-help books because oh, yeah. uh, we are, we're always looking to self-improve altogether. Yeah. Yeah. We have some, some of the top authors. I mean, just some of the most gracious, but successful um, people. So yeah, our, our catalog is, is pretty big with, with the nonfiction side of things and growing, you know, every month. So um, you should definitely check out our our catalog on our website. We have a lot of a lot of good books for for the young and old entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely like if anybody wants to write a book or uh or they wants to they want to be an author to definitely reach out to you because uh, yeah. yeah yeah we you know we accept all submissions. We may not um you know we may not find the right terms um to publish or maybe the the uh, manuscript isn't something that really fits within our catalog, but we do accept submissions worldwide. Um, so we're always happy to to uh, look over the submissions that come in and, um, you know, feel free to, to send whatever you have our way. We'll take a look at it. Yeah. And That's... you'd be surprised, you know, some we publish authors that have published 25 books and we're doing their 26, but we do publish a lot of authors. It's their first book. Um, maybe they're a business person, maybe they're, you know, in a, a niche field, like a doctor or engineer, and they just want to put this book out to help either grow their business or to try to make an impact on those. And it's their first book and they don't know how to get started. And we've, we've helped many authors in that boat too. So don't be afraid to, you know, take a chance and, and submit it. Yeah. That is awesome, Bobby. So. Bobby, uh, is there any other work or project that you're currently working on that you'd like to the audience to get a glimpse of? Yeah, I mean, I think right now my main focus has been, you know, since I took over uh, about two years ago, really systemizing and growing Indigo. And, you know, part of my role here is just connecting with others that, you know, maybe I could find a JV with some um, you know, some distributor or some other entity that could help grow not only Indigo, but can help them as well. So yeah, right now, um, anybody that maybe you're in publishing, maybe you're in, you know, some other field that you think could be a, you know, a good connection for us to collaborate, you know, that's kind of, that's why I'm here. So feel free to reach out if you have those, those thoughts too. Awesome. No, no, no idea is too crazy in my book. <laughs> that Hey, I'm, 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 I'll definitely keep that in mind. So, yeah. so how can the, our audience get to uh, like connect with you and get to know more of what you're doing and your website and all of that? Yeah. Um, well, our website is indigoriverpublishing.com. Um, you can email me directly, bobby at indigoriverpublishing.com. Um, and if you have a manuscript, you can submit directly through the, the website. Just make a note that, you know, you heard um, from this podcast that I told you to submit. So I'll have a note and I'll talk with my team about it so we can push it to the top of the pile. But um, I'm on LinkedIn, all the socials. So um, the best way to get a hold of me is probably my email or on LinkedIn. And I'm looking forward to connecting with anyone that wants to, you know, keep the conversation going. Awesome, Bobby. Bobby, it's yeah. really an honor to have you on the show. Like you're an, actually like an extraordinary American that in his 20s, like succeeded against all odds. You had a certain way of thinking and acting. And I'm, I hope that my audience got some value and like some insights into how to become successful as well. You know? Yeah. You know, thanks for having me. And um, hopefully we can do it again soon.
Yeah. And I want to conclude this episode by telling my fellow extraordinary Americans that, hey, that there is an extraordinary within each and every one of us is our duty to empower and unleash them. Until next time, bye for now. Hey there, everyone. Thank you for watching Extraordinary America. If you like what you see, please do subscribe to our podcast and share it with others. Remember that the best investment that you can make in your lifetime is in your own financial education, for it is knowledge that truly sets you free. Also remember that uh, your purchasing power is being diluted through inflation, and then the practical thing to do is to protect the loss of your purchasing power by investing in precious metals or the right cryptocurrencies. Also, never forget that you are an extraordinary American. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.